What's going on, kids? Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast with Ray Rout. I'm Ray Rout. I'm the host of this podcast. Thanks for tuning in on this Tuesday, January the 25th, 2022. I hope that you are ready for two hours of unfiltered football talking, a little bit of shenanigans. So the Cincinnati Bengals, as we know, will be facing the Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday in the AFC Championship game. And Cincinnati has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And in my opinion, this has to give New England Patriot fans a lot of hope. So what we're going to be focusing in on tonight is what do the Patriots have to do to help Mac Jones the way the Bengals have helped Joe Burrow? And of course, you can find all of my content over at RayRoute.com. You'll find my latest podcast episodes, videos, blogs, updates, and links to our merch over there. Go check out RayRoute.com. I've left the link in the description. Also, you guys have all been doing amazing hitting that like button lately. Don't forget to hit that like button. Boost those analytics. What happens is every time you hit that like button, it tells YouTube that other people need to see this show as well. And of course, if you are new here, why don't you think about subscribing? See everything we're doing. See what all the kids are talking about. It's fire from what I heard. Guys, this episode of Deer Pats Nation is brought to you by our sponsors over at Alter Game. Get decked out in fully licensed gear. They have all your favorite teams over there. Go check out the Alter Game on one of the largest suppliers of licensed NFL apparel. Don't waste your money on knockoffs. Get geared up with Alter Game. I've left that link in the description. We're also brought to you by Newsbreak. I am a content creator over on Newsbreak. Uh, I cover the entire NFL over there, doing short vlogs for them. Uh, But there's a ton of creators in Main Street media outlets that are providing content for them. Uh, It's an absolutely free app. It's not just sports. It's all of your local news. This app will use your location and filter everything relevant to you. So listen, why don't you uh, just go to the description. You can download the app there. To be honest, if you download it using the link I left in the description, I get a bit of a kickback. It's the easiest way for you to support this show. I get a little bit of money. You get a free app. Left link in the description. Download the Newsbreak app today. And of course, we are members of the Dean Blundell podcast. Go over to DeanBlundell.com. Check out the work I'm doing over there. See what else is happening over on the Dean Blundell network. Over 100 podcasters and creators all over there for you to hang out and be good and be fun producer mike is in the house ready to make this show as enjoyable as possible for you we'll be joined tonight by lawrence owen from the colts law and believe in colts podcast with the quell jackson at the half hour mark and then producer mike will be jumping in at the hour and a half mark hour and a half mark will be answering the one and only patreon comment that we got today For those of you watching live, start popping your comments and questions in the chat. We're going to get to those uh, and get to as many as we can tonight. And with that being said, maybe we should get this show going. So let's talk a little bit about how the Patriots need to build around Mac Jones the same way that the Bengals did around Joe Burrow. Now, let me start by saying, and many of you know this, I am not what you call a Bill Belichick hater. I have been anything but. I've been a Bill Belichick fanboy to be frank however there's something about the way the Bengals have gone about this rebuild that you have to respect and I hope that 
Bill Belichick is maybe able to pick up a couple of things. Going into last year's draft, the Bengals needed an offensive lineman. They did. Joe Burrow was getting sacked like a maniac his rookie season. In fact, he was getting sacked so much that he got injured and he was out. There were some good offensive linemen in this draft. They could have taken one. But they approached Joe, and they said, Joe, what do you want? He said, give me Jamar Chase. And shout out to Jamar Chase, rookie of the year. Associated Press, rookie of the year. And they did. And they now have the possibility of competing for a Super Bowl this year. One game away. I don't think they're going to win. I think that the Chiefs are going to mop the floor with them. However, they're one game away. I have faith in Mac Jones. I have faith that Mac Jones can bring the Patriots to a Super Bowl. I've wrote about that. I've talked about that. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go next year. I'm not even saying the Patriots are going to take this massive jump that Cincinnati did. However, I have faith in Mac Jones. But he's not Tom Brady. You have to put the pieces around him for him to be successful. Bill Belichick is going to have to find the weapons. This The Patriots can't be a team of Kendrick Bournes. And that's not an insult or a knock to Kendrick Bourne. I love KB. I think that he's the epitome of what you're looking for in a Patriots player. What I'm getting at is you need that true number one. And you're not replacing Nelson Aguilar. You're not replacing Kendrick Bourne. You're not replacing Jacoby Bursett with a true number one receiver. No. You're keeping those guys. You're replacing Nikhil Harry with a number one receiver. Now, whether that's somebody coming out of the draft, whether that's something in free agency, trade, we all know Patriot fans have been clamoring for a trade with Atlanta for Mr. Calvin Ridley. Bill Belichick doesn't talk to raw or to players about roster moves. He doesn't consult with them. He didn't with Tom Brady. That was one of Tom Brady's gripes, especially when he found out like Peyton Manning has meetings about the roster. However, you look at how a team like Cincinnati built their bounce back two years ago. The Bengals had the first overall pick because they had the worst record in the NFL. I want you to really take that into consideration. Now, suddenly, they're here. So, I think the Bill Belichick way needs to be adapted. And Bill Belichick has shown a willingness to change just by his actions. The Patriots way, I'm going to say last year and this year, weren't, wasn't quite the Patriots way of before. And it's not because Tom Brady wasn't in the locker room directly, but I think indirectly it was. I think that 
the whole Brady situation may have been a little bit of a wake-up call for Belichick. So I don't think it would hurt for him, second-year player or not, to consult with Mac Jones and be like, hey, what kind of player do you like to throw the ball to? Who do you think could come in and give you the help that you need? And we're going to be talking about this throughout the night. Now, before I get to the tweet of the day, I want to uh, I want to talk about something really quickly. Uh, something significant happened to me today, and I just want to take a second to say thank you to everybody. Today was the uh, 2021 Newsbreak Headline Awards. Headliners Awards, I should say. And as a lot of you know that uh, I'm a content creator over on Newsbreak. Connor and I signed on in July. I kept the contract going and I've been producing NFL content for, to, for them ever since. Uh, Connor didn't do much on there anyways. Uh, I had a good year with them. My fall, I mean, I'm over 12,000 followers over there. I've been with them since July, so it, it shot right up quickly. I got a, I got a good following very quickly. And I know a, a big chunk of those followers came from YouTube because it's I could tell by the analytics of the people who downloaded the link and all that kind of stuff. And I get that report every month. And I know a lot of you, especially at the beginning, all downloaded the app and followed me. And I appreciate that so much, especially when I was getting started. I think I told a few of you. Uh, well, I know I told the podcast, but um, I kind of just I didn't I buried the lead, as you would call it in this industry. And I was nominated as a top video, as one of the top video uh, contributors. Five of us were nominated. Really proud too. 1,400 content creators, three of us nominated in the same category was sports guys. So I was really excited about that. One being Mark the Spark, know him, respect him. Uh, him and I won a contest uh, in December. I came in, it was three different categories in the contest. I won one spot, he won the other. I've won two contests with, with, with sportscasters since July that they do for their creators. Uh, anyways, we're really proud of the sports guys. I mean, when you think about 1,400 different creators and uh, three of us, and, and it's a very small sports contingent uh, who, who creates, and for the three of us to be uh, nominated was, was uh, very proud of, of the category, let's just say. I won. For those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, uh, I won. <laughs> I I didn't think I was going to win. To be to be honest with you, I was I was more than shocked when I did win. And uh, it's very you know, for as arrogant of a guy as I am, it's always uh, humbling when this kind of stuff happens. And I think back to the origins of Dear Pat's Nation back in 2017 when I was playing a character named Donnie O'Donnell, and then I made the changeover and I'm doing live streams. You know. For, for three people and just to where we've gone to now, to being on Newsbreak, to being a part of the Dean Blundell Network, to formerly being with Sportscaster, formerly being with Colorcast, uh, having paid sponsorships, having all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm absolutely just flabbergasted by uh, what's happened to me uh, professionally, creatively, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, to be recognized by the Newsbreak app, to be, and there was only one video award, and and to be, it wasn't like the sports video creator, it was the top video contributor. And uh, to be named the top video contributor in Newsbreak was just an honor for me. And um, I want to thank all of you for 
you know, giving me my start. It's the audience here. I want to thank, you know, Connor, obviously, uh, for being such a great partner. I want to thank Tyson, who's been a guest on here so many different times, helped me along the way. I want to thank Sarah, who used to be a, a part of the channel. Uh, and of course, the, you know, Lawrence, my, my sportscaster colleague and the regular Tuesday night guy who's going to be here today. Thank him. I want to thank Mario, who comes on here every Wednesday, hashtag sports. We, you know, it, we were collaborating. Now we're doing stuff all the time and uh, we're in conversations about doing even more together. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, obviously, I want to uh, thank uh, Mike, you know, who's come on recently as a producer who runs the social media side of things and um, is getting the Twitch set up and getting the Discord set up and, and all that kind of stuff. Um uh, want to thank the, the the Blundell. I want to thank Dean Blundell himself and, and his network for giving me a platform and allowing me to to thrive as I go. And, and now with the, the branding and the webs, you know, my new website and uh, the stuff we're doing on the podcast side, that's going to grow this even more. Uh, just thank you to everybody. I know I'm missing people, you know, the crew, McChicken, Rhino, Ross, Matt, uh, you know, thank you to you guys, Ted, and uh, thank you to Newsbreak for giving me the platform and and giving me the opportunity. All right, that's it. That's enough of that. Um, just wanted to thank all of you and thank everybody who helped me along the way. And I guess a big shout out to my wife and my kids who uh, don't get to see a lot of daddy time and a lot of husband time because I spent a lot of time um, on this. It's, you know, between that job and my full-time job and this, it's, you know, it's a good 14, 15 hours a day that I work. So, uh, thank you to them for being patient, understanding, and this award is just as much theirs as it is mine. All right, I want to get to the tweet of the day that got sent to me today, and it got sent to me from No Love Entertainment. I probably should have told him I was covering this tonight, and I hope he's watching. If not, I will tweet at him later. But he said, Ray, I have a question. Why do people hate on Mac for no reason? People don't respect him. And to mention he took his team to the playoffs, by the way, something Justin Herbert can't do, but they give him credit. Herbert is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but come on, man. Yeah. Um, Mac Jones is a New England Patriot. Mac Jones played for Alabama. Mac Jones played for Alabama. That's one of the biggest reasons that he's going to get hated on. If Mac Jones would have been drafted, if he would have went to San Francisco, would have played behind Jimmy Garoppolo this year, he would not have gotten the attention that he got. If Trey Lance was the quarterback here, he would have been under the same scrutiny. That just comes with the category of playing for the Patriots. I don't know when that's going to change because there's going to come a time that the Patriots are separated from the dynasty and it's happened to everybody to Pittsburgh. It's happened to the Cowboys. However, there's still a lot of media attention around those teams. The Patriots are probably going to be in the spotlight for probably the rest of my lifetime or close to it. Just the scrutiny will come down just a little bit, but that's why, in my opinion, I totally agree with you though. I think that, and I, I sort of just talked about it, you have to have so much faith in Mac Jones as a Patriots fan. I don't know how Patriots fans don't have faith in him. And then, again, the national media like Nick Wright, which you got to remember, and I, I do this as well, and this is the thing, and this is why I can't just hate on the national media. We have content to create. It has to be entertaining. And if we don't come up with entertaining content, then no one's going to listen. So when Nick Wright is calling out Mac Jones, don't think that he's not self-aware enough or aware enough to know 
that calling out a New England Patriots quarterback is going to generate views. It's going to generate clicks. It's going to make people watch. How do I know that? Because every time he says something about Mac Jones, I get about a thousand Twitter mentions with the clip to what he's saying. Just so everybody knows, I blocked Nick Wright. I blocked first take. I think it's first take or whatever show he's on. First things first or whatever. Uh, I don't have time for him. He's a clickbait star. And I don't want to hear what he has to say. So people, I get all these mentions. And as soon as I see, I can't see it. I know it's Nick Wright said something. And I didn't block him because I'm offended by him. It just annoys me. And I say this all the time. And this is an American thing. And I'm going to call you guys out on it because I say it all the time because it's, it's not a thing here. You guys are like gluttons for punishment. You love to continuously get upset and get mad. So I'm... Um, he just, you got, I don't like to do that. I don't like to watch people who upset me. So I just don't pay attention to Nick Wright. It's all clickbait. It's all everything else. So that's all I got to say. That's why uh, Mac Jones gets hated on because hating on a New England Patriots player or coach or anything is going to get you attention because there's so many Patriot fans out there. You got the diehard Boston fans. You got the, the bandwagon fans who came on after. You got the guys like me who've been, you know, um, had no team to cheer for, so picked the Patriots back in, in the in the mid-90s. And because there's so much attention, that's why. So that's where the hate comes from. He doesn't play for the lovable idiots in, in Los Angeles because that's what the Chargers are, the team that could never quite get there, right? They're always the lovable goofballs that always look good but couldn't do it. They had probably one of the best running backs in the world in Ladavian, um, the Tomlinson. Uh, L- LT was called, you know, or and um, they had Philip Rivers. I mean, they had Drew Brees at one point. Look what he turned into in in New Orleans. So that's why you're gonna love on a guy like Justin Herbert. A team like the Patriots, it's so much easier to hate the Patriots than it is hate anybody else. Like it's easy to hate Dallas. It's easy to hate. Um, so it's it's easy to hate the Steelers. Look how easy it is for you guys to hate the Chiefs now. Tell me when you thought about the Kansas City Chiefs pre-Patrick Mahomes. You didn't. And if he continues this on for the next 10 years and Brittany continues her behavior the next 10 years and, and Jackson Mahomes continues this the next 5, 10 years, you're going to hate Kansas City for 50. And he's going to be clickbait around the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs going to be clickbait around the NFL forever because of the legacy that's being left now. Mac Jones is being sucked into that vortex of being a New England Patriot. So I hope that that um, answers your your tweet. Thank you for tweeting at me. Of course, if you want to be the tweet of the day, if you want to be selected as tweet of the day, you have to uh, follow me on Twitter and you actually got to tweet at me uh, at DPN underscore race. Send me a comment or question there and we will choose one every day. Either you, you could get the distinction of tweet of the day or you could get the distinction of dumbest tweet of the day. Either or, you'll make it on the show. With that being said, maybe it's time to bring in uh, our producer, Mike N, to answer some of your uh, comments and questions in the live chat right now. Producer Mike, Mike N, Mikey N, how's it going, brother? Not too bad, everybody. What's going on? Uh, You know, living the dream. Uh, So you want to bury the lead. Before we get to a comment or question, I'll give you... We're going to talk about this later on, just so you know, but I'll give you one minute right now. What do you want to say about the Saints? All right. So long story short, um, 
I think the exit of Sean Payton is going to open up a lot of potential for uh, Bill Belichick to maybe go snatch some people from New Orleans. Let's see what happens. Are you thinking of Mr. Michael Thomas? I'm thinking there could be a big package deal involved for some of those guys. All right, let's keep it there because we will be talking about that in a moment uh, near the end of the show. So if you guys want to hear Mikey's hot take you gotta wait till the end of the show but for now mike let's uh let's pull up some of those comments and questions coming from the live chat shall we yeah let's see what we got here Uh, let's just let's start with something easy all right so kog nightfall says get some o-line depth and another weapon I think the Patriots have O-line depth if they can re-sign who they have, especially like in Ted Karras. You got Mike on Wienu kicking around. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing another season of Justin Huron as a depth piece, obviously not as a starter, but I think he got better as, as the year went on. Yannick Houston got hurt again. I'm done with him. Uh, I'm I'm finished with him, but uh, you, would you agree with me that Huron got better as the season got on went on? Yeah. He started rough, but it, it got better. Yeah, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure we traded for him at the beginning of the season, and he was with the yeah. Ravens, so he wasn't even on the team to start with. So that probably took some time to get uh, acclimated to you know the way the Patriots do things as well. So yeah. as for the weapon piece, though, I, I agree 100. percent And I <clears throat> I've never been like that before, as you know. Even going into this season, I've always said I don't believe that a team needs a true number one. I think that you can survive and win with a team of number twos. However, I think you can do that if you're Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers or I don't even, yeah, I'll yeah. throw Drew Brees in the mix. I don't think you can do that if you're Mac Jones and I am now off that that wagon. And I didn't, I hope that nobody was insulted because I know I insult people very easy. I hope nobody was insulted when I said we don't, we can't have a team of Kendrick Bournes. That wasn't an insult to Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne, I think, can be a great number two for the Patriots. However, you need that X factor, the Calvin Ridleys, the AJ yeah. Browns, the Debo Samuels, one of those guys. Would you agree or disagree? With me? Yeah, so I agree. In fact, I I pretty I took a pretty hard about face on this the other night after watching uh the Bills and, and the Chiefs. Um and kind of, you know, what you're talking about here, uh, Burrow really taking a step forward once he got chased. I think we I think we need to bring in somebody for Mac that is just going to open up that offense. I don't even think it's just what we've seen with Burrow. I mean, look what happened with Josh Allen when he got a Stephon Diggs. And I think that's one of the, the, the telling factors as well, right? Like he yep. took, we saw what Josh Allen was becoming when Stefan Diggs joined them last year. All of a sudden he was in the MVP conversation. Yeah. Yep. Ab- absolutely. Um, like I said, big, and if I'm going to be specific, big hard about face on the Calvin Ridley thing. Like if they could make the cap room work, make the draft picks, uh, you know. Oh, look work. at you. Because you were dead against tra- – you had some weird superstition about it being Atlanta. Yeah, so I, sh- I, I should say like a Calvin Ridley-esque player. You know, he's the one at the top of the list right now that's, that's probably going to be available. I've heard that the asking price for him is a conditional second-round pick. Which wouldn't be bad at all. No, wouldn't be so- bad at all. 
because that's probably what the Patriots are going to look. Oh, I guess it would be a conditional. They, I think they call it a conditional first, right, or whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. but it's a conditional first. It would turn into a first round pick depending on whatever deal that they worked out. I mean, for a true bona fide number one, which uh, means it would be a pick for not this year, next year, if it was conditional. So that, correct. So the, that, the Patriots would still get their pick for this year. Yeah, that to me would be very palatable. Very palatable. So. Yeah, so the Patriots, so what that could do, if you get Calvin Ridley, then the Patriots could use their first on getting yeah. some inside linebacker help, could get some depth for the second, get somebody for the secondary. I mean, you're getting a first-round pick, you're probably getting a starter. You could get some secondary help. Yeah, You could you could get that big offensive lineman, you know, and, and make other guys depth like an Onwenu. I mean, imagine if, if Onwenu was our depth piece and just coming in as our sixth heavy, you know, sixth tight or sixth, you know, that's sort of that jumbo package right. all the time. Yep. It would be great. It would be great. Honestly, the only thing I don't want to see drafted in the second round is a cornerback. So they either need to take a cornerback <laughs> first or they need to go with the undrafted route. So, <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Thank you very All much, right. KOG Nightfall, All for right, your let's, comment. Let's pull up Bugs' comment. So here. we got one here from Bugs who says, How far would Burrow go without Chase? That's a very interesting question because I think that Jamar Chase is one of the reasons that that offense looks so potent this year. Now, there's a couple things to take under consideration. If you don't draft Jamar Chase and the Bengals are in the same place they are now, Burrow's probably not getting sacked nine times in that game against Tennessee because they're probably taking an offensive lineman. They're building that up a little bit more. They can take away one of those pass rushers in Tennessee. It's still not going to be great. Uh, I like T. Higgins. I like Boyd. However, those guys are obviously elevated by having Jamar Chase on the team. And when you can, when I mean, Burrow talked about the meme, right? When you when you're in a situation when you're like, "F it, Jamar Chase is down there, just chuck it up," which is obviously tongue in cheek by Joe Burrow. It's true. Uh, I want you to think the comparison, and I'm not comparing these two by who what they're going to turn out to, but. When you think about when Randy Moss was on the Patriots and Tom Brady could just air it out down the field, and as long as it was in the vicinity of Randy Moss, he could make the catch, that's sort of what Jamar Chase is. He's got a big catch radius. Uh, He can get open. He's fast. He's tall. Where would he be development-wise? I don't know. If you look at his game tape from last year and you look at his stats – He struggled throwing past 10 yards. He was the best five-yard passer in the NFL. However, you could make a similar argument about Mac Jones with, you know, anything within 15 yards, he was really good. Anything above, I think, I think he was still, his stats were good, but he didn't take a lot of shots downfield. However, I made the argument is who's he going to throw to down the field? There's, you know, there's obviously clear issues there. Um, So, yeah, I think Jamar Chase was a huge piece and not just because of his talent, those two had a connection as well. Former college teammates. That's also a big thing. There was no building chemistry. It was Jamar Chase learning the Bengals playbook, but the chemistry between Chase and Burrow already existed back from their national championship days with LSU. Yeah, I think this was a uh, just complete home run by Cincinnati, not just because you know they needed another wide receiver that could go deep, but because of what you mentioned. The fact that these two have had the time that they've had together and the success they've had together, this is a once once in a generation type of thing. You don't normally get to draft a quarterback and his wide receiver. It just happens. Well, I'm wondering that way. 
it, I think it could happen more often than we think. And, right. and and even if it's not a quarterback and his wide receiver, even if it's say two linebackers who played together, two defensive tackles who played together, but people are two corners who played together, like people in positions where they got to play and live off each other. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is a for sure but I could see this being some sort of blueprint in drafting now of saying like, instead of just like, you might just see the, the Alabama Patriots and the LSU Bengals and the, you know, for a couple years. And then, and then yep. you start, you know, okay, let's, let's grab the two defensive linemen out of Ohio state and let's grab the, or the know, left the, tackle and his running back. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I think the running back worked out. <laughs> uh, the, the left tackle, not so much. Um, and in fairness to the ta- to the left tackle, he was brought in and a lot of people projected him to play interior and play yeah. as a guard. And they gave him like half a game at guard and he never got another chance. No, I, I, I was just taking a little bit of fun there. But the running back worked out just fine and he only ran the ball one time on the weekend and Sean McVay needs to pull his head out of his ass (laughs) and give him the football. All right, Uh, we got like 45 seconds to answer one more really quickly. All right, let's do this one really quick. I'll let you answer. All right, so White Sauce says, what type of wide receiver would be more important? A deep threat wide receiver or an Edelman type wide receiver? Deep threat. They have an Edelman receiver Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne is their Edelman. He can play slot. He can play the Y. He can go deep if you need to. But more importantly, he can play the middle of the field. And that's what Edelman was so fantastic at playing in the middle of the field. Kendrick Bourne, not Jacoby Myers. Kendrick Bourne is the Patriots' Julian Edelman. The guy we got coming on in 15 seconds told me that the second they signed him. You think it's Jacoby Myers? It's like Kendrick Bourne is going to be your best receiver. So getting a deep threat to go along with Nelson Aguilar, I would love to move Nelson Aguilar. I know that he's an X, but I'd love to move him to the Y receiver and get a true X on the other side, and then there'd be really, really dangerous. All right, Mikey, I'm going to uh, drop you out now because we got to bring in my boy. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is the host of the Colts Law Podcast and the Believe in Colts Podcast with Dequell Jackson. You can find him on his YouTube page, Lawrence Owen. You can also find him on Twitter at Colts underscore law. You can see his Patreon page uh, where he does. I get to go to his. He does hangouts like me. I go hang out with him Thursday nights. I missed last week. I was there the week before. They bailed early on me the week before that because I finished my show and got there and it was empty. But, uh, well, it wasn't empty, but Lawrence wasn't there, so nobody could let me in. Uh, really always appreciate he's here every Tuesday. Also, find him, he's calling mine on Newsbreak, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lawrence Owen. How you doing, bud? Doing well, man. I've been, I was really sitting back here, uh, and backstage listening to your guys' conversation about your, uh, what kind of receiver you want, uh, that would that would make Matt Jones go to that next level. It would be good for the Patriots, and I'm a very specific when it comes to that. If you want my if you want my uh, yeah two cents on that, shoot, man, it's I mean it's the lead story. What 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 do you think? All right, so there are multiple types of deep threats. I agree, you need a deep threat, but you don't need a T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill deep threat. All right because those are your speed guys that could take a top off a of defense but because of their size you need to be you need to have a cannon for an arm with accuracy to pinpoint that ball wherever you want it that's not something you know that you have with Mac Jones my thought process is to really kind of 
round out your receiving core for him, you need to go get an A.J. Brown or a T. Higgins or a Michael Pittman Jr., an Amari Cooper, that type of 50-50 ball guy that could go downfield where where Matt can just throw it up one-on-one and be like, you know what, it's not 50-50, it's 80-20. He's coming down with that. You know, that's what I think that the New England Patriots need to need to go get to match up with Matt Jones to be a more potent offense in 2022. So what they wanted Nikhil Harry to be that yes. never turned out to be. Exactly. And that one stings like a like a fish because one of the things mm-hmm. Mikey and I will be talking about when after you leave is AJ, I don't know if you saw this, but AJ Brown came out the other day and said that he cried after the Patriots didn't draft him because he wanted to be a Patriot. And we all know who they took instead of AJ Brown. So that, yeah, yeah. that stung, a, <laughs> stung a lot of us, but I got to ask you, how did you enjoy the games this weekend, dude? Divisional weekend, one of the collectively the best weekend of football ever. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's like night and day between wild card weekend and divisional weekend. Wild card right? weekend sucked, right? Oh every, my God. Every it was game all one-sided. Except every... for Dallas. Yeah. Dallas and San Fran was the only game that was interesting. Every other game was a blowout and boring exactly now uh, dude my, my my guy dequel when we recorded yesterday said that that bills patriots game they they're not going to they're the nfl will have a hard time duplicating a show like that bills you know? chiefs yeah that's what i meant sorry yeah bills Chiefs. what i say bills patriots but i got it oh, i well, know what you meant thank but you there's, thank there's you. people that call you out so i just wanted to yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i, I, mean, I meant bills meant. chiefs yeah yeah, yeah, it, it, it'd be it would. I mean, the final six minutes of that game in regular, you know, regular time. Six minutes, Lawrence. There was four score changes in the final two minutes. Two, of the game. two and a half minutes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But the final six minutes because that one seventy-five yard pass. Yes, yes. <laughs> was it in that two minute spot? Yes. You know, so you know that final six minutes. That's that's like an entire game. You know, for for most other games that we watched this this past week, it was if you were uh, if you enjoyed offense and just beautiful quarterback play, that was the game. That's that's something you can and sit down and watch over and over and over during the offseason and go, that's that's just, it's just ridiculous. As you know, I don't. I enjoy yeah. defense. I usually go crazy in these type of games because everybody always talks about the quote-unquote classic between the Rams and the Chiefs from 2018 when they were just – and I think you and I talked about that. We're like, did anybody want to play defense once? <laughs> you know, like Well, I mean, that time? game, that one game, yeah. that game, there was a lot of turnovers in that game. Yes, turnovers, right? yes. Yeah, there was a lot of turnovers. Now, to be fair, in the Chiefs-Bills game, there was defense in the first half. Yeah, but Patrick Mahomes was running for his life and just making plays. You know, Josh Allen doing the exact same. So, oh. When he like just and I know that I know the media hypes Patrick Mahomes. They were like, oh, no one can make that throw. But that throw just you first of all, you're on the run. You're leaning the wrong way. You come around a player and underneath his arms and strike your guy. Yeah. Phenomenal. No, um, that's the type of game. If someone says to me, the NFL is rigged and I always joke around about the Patriots first Super Bowl being rigged and the, the, you know, saints being rigged. Like, but when people are serious, they're like, Oh, it's all rigged. You couldn't, you couldn't write that game. Like you Mm -hmm. couldn't, nobody is crazy enough. Lawrence, if I said to you, Hey man, I got a movie idea. So the score is going to keep changing. 
and the home team's going to get the ball with 13 seconds left, <laughs> and they're going to tie up the game. You're going to look at me, roll your eyes, and say, Ray. And they're going to have three plays in 13 seconds, and they're gonna, you're going to Ray. Right, as, as, as long as you didn't say it was the Dallas Cowboys, I'd probably I'd be, yeah. I'd give it somewhat of a chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd say, Ray, just write something realistic. You know what I mean? Because nobody yeah. would have. Dude, I was texting right. all my Buffalo Bills fans after that touchdown when, you know, and I'm going, mm-hmm. hey, congrats, you know, good luck. And, you know, Bills, Bengals, 90s, you know, good. And completion, okay. Completion, oh, okay. Complete, oh, no. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. And and I didn't care either which way. I had the AFC East rivals who, you know, we generally dislike each other as football teams. As you know, I got a lot of Buffalo friends, generally as football teams. And then the A and then the Chiefs, which I generally don't like their fans or their, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I wrote my piece the other day on my website and on Dean Blundell. And I basically said like the Chiefs are actually a very likable team. I love Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey. He's got that, sw- like he's got that personality I love. You know, you've got to like Patrick Mahomes. I don't like his wife, but you got to like Patrick Mahomes, you know, <laughs> um, Tyree Kill, Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. But I hate their fan base so much that I hate yeah. them. Yeah, but uh, you know, I gotta ask you though, man, how much accountability does the Buffalo Bills have to take for the Chiefs tying that game up with 13 seconds? Because in the moment, I didn't see it. In the moment, I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" But I rewatched that game, uh, like the condensed version, three times, especially the last say five minutes of the game, just over and over. And two big things I noticed: number one, you didn't squib kick, and it didn't occur to me till after until I started seeing tweets. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, you got to squib, right? I mean, even Tony Romo, when you listen to the commentary, said, no, they're not. They're going to kick it just a bit short so they can take a play off the clock. Because if you squib kick, that play to Kelsey never happens. They don't have the time to make that play. Number two, what are you doing rushing for in that situation? That's like a rush two situation, and you're, you know. And then number three, I'll actually throw out: they didn't rub Kelsey at the line. He, they gave him a free run up the line. He's one of the biggest, strongest tight ends in the game. Patriot fans, San Francisco fans, even Chiefs fans aren't going to want to hear this because of Gonzalez and Tampa fans aren't going to want to hear this. Kelsey could go down as the greatest tight end to ever play the game, at least offensively as a pass catcher. And you gave him a free run. How much accountability does Sean McDermott, that that coaching staff, have to take? I don't – well, for the, for not squib kicking, yeah, Sean McDermott, maybe. Uh, definitely special teams coordinator, right? Uh, I think Leslie Frazier should be the guy to take everything on that because I don't put one ounce of accountability on the players that were out there on the field playing because at that point, they are gassed. They uh, that You just watched them run up and down the field like 15 times in the last five minutes. You know, they, they, they have no energy – you know what they're playing through. You know what you – it'd be better just to put out all your backups, you know, because they they don't have no energy out there. That, that's why you had missed tackles and stuff on that on that hill on that hill run. Um, this was a Leslie Frazier thing, and it's kind of funny because Les, Leslie Frazier is that guy whose name is out right now up for a lot of head coaching positions. And this this right here this is not you know a bell on the bonnet right this is this is a a really bad look for him in that type of situation so i agree with you yeah no i agree with you too i put not an ounce of blame on the players Mm -hmm. um they're they're gassed and you had to put them in a position that tired players could play and again Mm -hmm. rushing four you're not going to get Mahomes. You know that but in that situation, that ball is coming out quick. He didn't have time to, unless they're unless they're in a hail mary offense, which they weren't. Um, 
how Tyreek Hill got the ball in his hands again, I don't understand. After he just burnt you, I, I would have taken pass interference calls. You know what I mean? To not right. let him touch the ball. That's a situation. Take the penalty because they just wasted time off the clock. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like it's, um, but no, unbelievable weekend. But I want to move off the weekend because um, I'm going to call news I didn't see coming, to be real with you. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have been paying attention. I don't know if it was out there. But what are your thoughts on Sean Payton walking away from the New Orleans Saints? It was rumored for the past week. I, I have seen a lot of rumors, a lot of people talking about that. And it is what it is. Uh, he's probably in a situation right now where, you know, the team that he had isn't there anymore. And he doesn't like the pieces that he's been dealt with the last two years. I mean, let's, let's, and then, I mean, go look They're They're not going to get any better anytime soon. Have you seen their cap situation? You know, <laughs> so it's not like he's like, I'm going to get an infusion of fresh talent soon. No, that's not going to happen. You're already a really old team. Uh, you do not have your quarterback situation uh, under control. One of the worst quarterback situations in the NFL, uh, depending upon how you feel about Jameis Winston. Um, and then, of course, you know, you've got guys that just can't stay healthy, right? You, some of your main players, you know, like a, a Michael Thomas or something like that, just can't or stay Alvin healthy. Kamara, or Alvin Kamara, yeah. So uh, I understand why he's walking away. Will he go to a different team? I wouldn't be surprised because he's not an old guy, you know. Can I lay a scenario at your feet? He's very good friends with a guy up in New England. Could he possibly have gotten the call that says, uh, hey, Sean, I'm, uh, I'm done after this year? Hey? 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 Wait a minute. I thought, I thought that's what... Uh... That's what kept if you, uh, if you say Josh McDaniels, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna ban you from this show. <laughs> You'll be banned if you say Josh McDaniels. I mean should dude, he have gone? Should he no. I was just kidding, but should he have mm-hmm. gone when Drew Brees retired? Like should they have left together? Why stick around for I this think, other year? I think he wanted to see what he had. You know, I think I, I sure I get it, uh, but I, I think he wanted to see what he had. Uh he probably had faith in Jameis Winston, but you know, the Winston situation this past year happened and it put him under a really bad situation. He, he thought he was going to have a good team and, and on paper, he's got a really darn good team. I mean, they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers both times, you know, this past year. Well, yeah. So, in that Saints team, I mean, Skip Bayless said it and, it and I don't agree with him often, but he said it perfectly when he described the Saints as a defensive team disguised as an offensive team. Right. So mm-hmm. it showed, but yeah, quarterback and they don't even have Jameis Winston under contract. I should point out there to everybody. Yeah. Like he's not even under contract. And I think a couple of teams, possibly like Washington who are not happy with their quarterback situation may make a run at him. Um, do you think it's because that Kevin James movie is going to be so bad and he knows it and he just wants to be out of the limelight for at least a year because it looks terrible from what <laughs> I've seen. Um, I don't know what they have done with these football movies, but the Kurt Warner movie looks terrible and now this Sean Payton movie looks terrible. And I'm like, you've taken two of the greatest stories in sports and just made them look absolutely horrible. I know I don't 
we may not have you for the full time tonight. So I do want to move on a little bit. Um, cause I do have a couple Colts questions for you. So I was reading, uh, the horseshoe heroes today on fan sided and not a publication. I respect not necessarily horseshoe heroes. I don't know about their writers, but fan sided mainly because of the guys they allow to, to write for the page or on the Patriots, uh, shout out to chowder and champions who does follow me on Twitter that I refuse to follow back. Um, but they said that the Colts defense, and it was quite an interesting article and not following the Colts like you do. I want to make, see if they misled me or not. And basically this article was saying that the Colts defense should not be taken off the hook for how the Colts season ended, but they weren't just talking about the Jacksonville game. They were talking about the game before against the Raiders. Um, they said that the defense played bad. They cited examples that I can't remember now. Would you agree that, the defense needs to take a lot of the blame over those last two games, or would it be more on the offense, more on the coaching combination of all? What are your thoughts on that? Or is this just angry Colts fans trying to find somebody to blame? Oh no, the, the, the Colts defense played very poorly the last two weeks of the season. And they're absolutely right on this. Kenny Moore, who is a pro bowler this year, looked maybe his worst, uh, part of his career and that's saying a lot because i thought the first three weeks of the season was his worst part of his career uh this past uh, 2021 season and then he made up for it in the middle and that's how he got into the pro bowl and then the last two weeks it was it was bad it was it was terrible uh pass rush wasn't able to do anything pass rush has been below way below uh nfl average all year um the defense now the secondary as a whole has been pretty good. Can um, we can we go back to that for a second? Sorry, because mm-hmm. I don't want to lose this point. How much? So last year, not this year, last year. It's important to mention. Last year gave up a first round pick for DeForest Buckner. Uh, then you ex- right first round pick you gave up for for Buckner, and That's then two years ago, twenty nineteen. Was it 2019? 2020. Beginning of 2020. Yeah. So last last season, right? Last season was his first season, correct? Not the one that just happened, the one before. Yeah. Yeah. So last year. I still consider this last. I still consider this this season, even though worse. I know we're out, but the rest of the end, there's still teams playing. Um, (laughs) So last year, they give up in the offseason. They give a first round pick. I believe they extend his contract at that point. Give him a big money. Um, Yeah. You got probably one of the best would you call them linebacker slash defensive ends in the NFL? Does it frustrate you that the pass rush was so below or below, not so below, but below the league average considering the, uh, you know, Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner, there, two guys who can wreak havoc or uh, was it just, was were they fine? And it was other guys that were, were causing a problem. Well, Darius Leonard is not really a pass rusher. He's a middle, he's a will linebacker, which makes him a middle linebacker. He's a side to sideline guy that, you know, covers passes and stops the run. He he doesn't really. He only comes in on a blitz occasionally. Um, I think Darius played freaking phenomenal this year, uh, but there were times on blitzes where he missed sacks. You know, just completely whiffed. Yes, uh, no. The 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 pass rushers on the defensive end position uh, was way below what we were expecting this season. Uh, like out of Quiddy Pay. Um, the, the Al-Qadim Muhammad and, and, and others. So I, I don't like bringing up injuries, 
because you can't because it's next man up but well i was going to ask you that though was it were injuries an issue or was it just execution what was the in your opinion listen injuries we have to talk about injuries because i know you don't i know people like injuries aren't an excuse but when you're losing starters it is an excuse or guys are playing hurt it's a reason so we're talking reasons now not excuses Mm -hmm. so was did injuries play play a part in this a little bit um a couple guys uh, earlier part of the year had injuries that kept them out of games. Taekwon Lewis had an, a defensive tackle slash defensive end. One of our starters, uh, you know, Taekwon Lewis, you know, yes, from I do. Yes, the yes. Ohio state, the uh, Ohio state university. He, um, I think it was like week six where he, you know, stepped back into coverage from his defensive end position and picked off an interception. And then on the return blew out his knee, you know, done for the season. You know, that, that, that was a, a ma- massive hurt. But I think it Ohio had a state guy. Yep. Yeah. Ohio State yep. guy in the NFL. That happens. Yep. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot. <laughs> um, but it, it was mostly execution. And I'm not going to put it on the players. I think when it comes, we, we got rid of our two aging veterans at defensive ends and Danico Autry and Justin Houston to get younger and faster. And when you do that, you need to be able to coach those guys up. So I don't put it on the players. I'm sure they're out there busting their butts day in, day out, trying to get better. I put it on the defensive line coach, Brian Baker. That's who I put it on. That's the guy that I think um, needs to be looking over his shoulder this this offseason going, is my job still secure? If you were going to grade Chris Ballard, not on just this year, but his tenure with the Patriots or with the Colts. What would you give him? What would you give his grade as a general manager and a team builder? B plus. He's generally learning from his mistakes and going out and um, when he's short, when it comes to, you know, his, we've talked about this many times, drafting, right? No GM drafts every position great. That's just how it is. You know, you got where you draft really well. Some places you don't draft well. Well, where he's not drafting well, he's going out and he's, you know, making trades to pick guys up like, you know, the DeForest Buckner trade because he's not he's not doing very well, apparently, at the, on the defensive line when it comes to drafting. Um, Quiddy Pay is still out there. We, we don't know. We'll see. But um, what he does this offseason – at the quarterback position and how things turn out next year, I think will determine will be a major determining factor in the future, whether he'll still be a Colt or not uh, the GM for the Colts actually. Cause a lot of people are, are kind of like, you know what you've had five years to get this quarterback situation figured out. And we're still sitting there looking up going, where is one? Maybe he needs to call Bill Belichick and ask him what to do. And then Bill Belichick can call him and talk to him about wide receivers and they can exchange some information. Didn't know if you knew this. I'm now cheering. I was cheering for the Rams because I want Sony Michelle to win another ring, but I'm actually cheering for San Francisco now. If Jimmy Garoppolo go gets to the Super Bowl, it'll be seven straight years that a Bill Belichick drafted quarterback starts a Super Bowl. Did you know that? Seven straight years. And uh and here's a It'll be eight straight years that a either former or drafted Patriots quarterback played in a Super Bowl going back to 2015 or 2014. Hmm. Brady in 14, Cam Newton in 2015, 
then Brady, 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 Jimmy G, Brady. So it could be eight straight years that some sort of Patriots quarterback plays in. But um, we're not saying that the quarterbacks played well. We're just no, saying no, no. We're there. not saying they played well. <laughs> Actually, outside of Mister Business decision, the, most of the quarterbacks, the other quarterbacks played okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's funny because I've been flexing this because, as you know, as a guy who covers the Patriots, all I hear all the time is Belichick can't draft. He's a shitty drafter. He doesn't know how to build a team. And I'm like, all right, he whiffed on Nikhil Harry and whiffed on a couple of corners. Like, let's 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 pump the brakes here. Uh, Bill Belichick had three quarterbacks drafted by him starting in the postseason this year. That ain't bad. That ain't that ain't that ain't bad um, drafting. So let's let's talk about quarterbacks though. And I'm sure you're just. I know you don't get talk get to talk about Carson Wentz a whole lot, and uh, it's not something that comes up often. But I want to ask you a different question okay i don't want to ask you uh, what are they going to do i want to ask you a different question what does carson wentz have to do this offseason during training camps and in preseason to convince the colts fans and i know you're not going to convince all of them but to convince the colts fans hey i'm the guy to lead this team because i don't think it's just going to he needs to do he needs to show something. He needs to show some sort of effort. What does Carson have to do to win the Colts fans who don't believe in him back? And what what do you want to see him do this offseason to get there? Well, first off, mainly have an offseason. <laughs> right? <laughs> don't don't end up having surgery the uh, on the second day of training camp. All right. Uh, that's that's something that you're gonna need to do. Um, but no, uh, that, that's another conversation that the Jackson and I had, had, uh, last two weeks ago, two I weeks know. ago. Oh, really? So that's why you brought it up. Yeah. I thought it was good. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I didn't want to ask you the same, like, I, I hear what you get asked, especially in your chat and stuff. I'm like, I don't want to ask the same stupid Carson Wentz question over and over. I was trying to think of something unique. No, but, but it's the, a great question. But the audience and the audience does want to hear about Carson Wentz. So I had to figure out how to work him into this conversation. Yeah, uh, it, it is a great question and what they need to do. And um, it, it doesn't happen very often, apparently, through my conversations with professional football players. But here's the deal. Carson Wentz, when he goes to California or Arizona or whatnot, which he does every year, and he brings his wide receivers in, and he does little throw-arounds. This time, instead of just bringing in the wide receivers, go get the running backs, go get a couple linebackers and cornerbacks. Have seven on sevens. Don't worry about the defensive line, the offensive line. Don't, don't bring the whole stinking team down there. But actually have seven on seven so you work can work on timing, and and you know all of that with it as well you know because that is something that i think not only will help carson wentz but it'll show colts nation that he is very very serious in trying to get better and not let what happens in 2022 be a repeat of what happened this past season so another thing that i was thinking of Mm-hmm. pre the pre-trade pre the Carson Wentz trade Pat McAvee had a lot of negative things to say about Carson Wentz and we all know the following he has the viewership he has we know a lot of guys in blue are following him around like he's the messiah you know mm-hmm. um how much of his negative energy towards and I know he brought him on his show and tried taking it back and he's a homer that way but damage already done right how much of a negative that negative energy influenced colts nation to the point that 
Carson Wentz could win you a Super Bowl and they're going to find a reason just to crap on the kid. Well, it's not just him. Uh, I mean, yes, Pat McAfee is followed by a lot of Colts fans, a lot of Colts fans, but he's followed by a lot of NFL fans in general. It, 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 it It's all the media. It was not just, you know, him. It wasn't just local media. It was national media. You know, 80% of media was trashing on Wentz from the start. From the start. You know, as soon as the trade happened, it was, this is a bad idea. You know, and so that that that's a situation that's it, going to kind of sour somebody a little bit. No matter, no matter how much you're like, ah, I'm trying to block these stupid guys like, you know who you're talking about earlier, you know, <laughs> like a Max Kellerman or something. Nick like Wright, that. Nick, Nick Wright, Wright, who yeah. if you don't if you don't have a red <laughs> shirt on that says Mahomes, you're an awful quarterback. That guy, right? Yeah, right. Um, but you can only hear so much of that before it starts to seep in and get under your skin, and then you're you're kind of like, well, we lost this game, and you know he did throw an interception in this game, so it must be his fault. So you got to place the blame on him, you know. And no matter how much he does the rest of the time, you know, or or how badly other positions played during that game, you know, you're always going to drop it on the quarterback. Um, and when 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 out, outside influence is so strong, it's going to affect your judgment on that. And I'm not going to lie, it had a little bit of an, an effect on me as well because I was pushing back quite a bit uh, this past season, right? Uh, when playing uh against the titans with no ankles you know peg leg wins right yeah I, it is what well, i thought he played a heck of a game in that loss um until he threw that you know interception and i defended that interception because i was like what are you doing making that play call right that's yeah. dumbass play call right there you know put him in a no-win situation can i ask you something though did you get to a point so this happens this this I had um, an epiphany. I want to say, I think it was week fourteen when the Patriots played the Bills for the first time in Buffalo during that win game, mm-hmm. and Nikhil Harry fielded a punt with his face. And I have been since twenty nineteen a staunch Nikhil Harry defender. I have acknowledged he has not played as a round one pick. However, I hold that against Belichick, not against Nikhil Harry. Mm -hmm. You can't hold against the guy where he gets picked in the draft. It's the same way I say you can't hold it against a guy that a team elected to pay him so much money. You know what I mean? The team could have said, no, that's on the general manager, not the player. If my agent says, Hey, I can get you $14 million. I'm not going to say, no, no, just give me five. I'm not worth 14 million. I'm going to take the 14 million. So I don't blame players for that. And anybody who says, well, Tom Brady took pay cuts, blah, blah, blah. Tom Brady's wife is worth $300 million, okay? You can afford – and he wasn't on food stamps. He made $200 million throughout his career with the Patriots. So let's relax. Um, however, where I'm going with this is I had that epiphany with Nikhil Harry where I finally just threw my hands up in the air after that play. And I think I wrote something on Twitter. F it. You all win. We could have had DK, <laughs> you know, because I could, I can't, like, it was just, I got to that point, like, I can't do it with you anymore. Yeah. Like, dude, two and a half years, almost three years, I just, I can't, I can't do it anymore. You've just mm-hmm. let me down so many times. 
Did you almost get there with Carson? Because I know you were a pushback. You were a Carson, let's say, defender. And I mean mm -hmm. defender in the way of because people get ridiculous when it comes to Carson Wentz, the same way they got ridiculous when it comes to Nikhil Harry. But did you come to a point this year like me where you're almost like, dude, I can't do it anymore. Like, you're just, you're not helping me. I came to a point where I had to accept the fact that Carson Wentz was guaranteed one what-the-hell play every game. Every game. It was there, there's no more reasoning for it. It just happens. Uh, he finds a way to make it happen, whether it's the play call, whether it's the situation, whether it's him trying to play Superman, whatnot. I've come to that conclusion. I know it happens. I'm guaranteeing it. But then again, at the same time, I watch him like play football, and I'm just like, he's still a good quarterback. He just there's things he needs to work on. But then I go look at myself and I go. He's 29 years old. Can a zebra change its stripes? You know? So, yeah, I'm I'm on that fence. I am. I am on that fence. I'm, I'm at the point right now where if they stick with Carson Wentz and Wentz goes goes on and does all the right things, and, and, and I, I will support him. If they don't stick with him, I will be okay with it as long as it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he could be a Super Bowl champion this year. We make fun of Jimmy G, but both our quarterbacks are sitting, are golfing right now, and this guy's preparing for the NFC Championship game uh, because the Green Bay Packers can't kick. But I do want to share this exchange that you shared with us in the group chat today because I didn't see it. Now, this is primarily, as we know, most of my fan base is a Patriot. Most of my viewers, I mean, is a part of the Patriots fan base. I know we got some Colts and some Bills fans and, and some others smattered in here. Um more and more dolphins as of late, which is weirding me out because I don't know why. Uh, but you sent this exchange, and this is for them because if you think the bot like the Boston media is bad, and I wish that more of the Boston media would do this, but Lauren sent us this exchange today, and it's just it's amazing. So let me let me start. Let me click this one up. So this dude here, uh Dan Dakich. Dakich writes. Uh, an epiphany by the locals. Amazing how they check the temperature and write accordingly oh, to what happened or what happened to quote NFL's best roster. Zach Kiefer came back with what could be the greatest <laughs> response to a tweet I've ever seen in this Dan, whatever, give it up, retire, go away. Never just <laughs> shut down your Twitter account. Who cares if you got the blue check mark? Zach Kiefer writes publicly. This isn't like a DM <laughs> that got leaked. He publicly quote tweets this. It's got 2,728 likes, 110 quote tweets, and 212 retweets. It's going everywhere. Zach Kiefer, who I believe writes for, I want to get this all correct, writes for the athletics. So that's a pretty that's like almost a yuppity paper. You know, that's mm -hmm. like the 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 high end, the, the Ken Rosenthal's and the Jeff Howes of the world. Writes, Dan, I can assure you there's not a person on this planet whose opinion I care less <laughs> about. I'll let my work speak for itself, and I'll let you continue to embarrass whatever place is <laughs> dumb enough to still employ you. 
Oh my God, that is, I mean, that's two meet Colt Indianapolis media members. One I looks like a radio host. The other one, yeah. I, res, uh, I believe, is a respected journalist for yes. The Athletic. Oh my God, thank you so much. You need to share that kind of stuff with me all the time because <laughs> I nearly died when I read that. And I meant it when you said, does the Boston media do this? And I wrote, I wish they did. <laughs> right? Because that would be amazing. As a Colts fan, as an indie and a native, okay, how do you feel when you see exchanges like that? It gives me a little bit, especially when it seems like all the media is starting to pile up, you know, together. And then you see an exchange like that. It makes you realize that they're not doing it, you know, together. Right. So you have to respect certain ones of these guys. You know that some of these guys don't like each other at all. And they're not going to write puff pieces, you know, just because somebody else wrote a puff piece or talks, you know, about a certain way. So I love that. It makes me realize that, um, you know, these guys are, are, are not out there just, you know, doing whatever they want uh, to get clicks. So. Man, I read yeah, that. And I yeah, was you know like, what? Yeah, I'm gonna I'll do it with you. That's a deserving of an applause. That was phenomenal. That wasn't even he did Lawrence didn't send me that and say, Hey, put this on the show tonight. Mm, oh, that no. was just we're in a group chat together. That was just uh, hey guys, look at this. Does the Boston media interact like that? And I was like, that is going on the show tonight because <laughs> that is phenomenal. And anytime you want to drop content like that, please do because I will use it because I look like for everybody knows I half my show is made up of what's being said on social media and because that's the pulse i get i'm you know i, I talk like i'm on, uh, like i'm on twitter so it's i might as well just do it like that is that if i didn't get if you weren't coming on tonight that would have been the tweet of the day and i apologize to no love entertainment because you got it and you feel secondary no i'm sorry though you damn well know that that tweet <laughs> beat your tweet um but because you're coming on tonight i knew i could use it just phenomenal just an absolutely phenomenal exchange okay uh guys we are on with lawrence owen from the colts law podcast the believe in colts podcast with the jackson you can find him on the lawrence owen youtube page you can put in lawrence Owen or colts law on youtube that's where you'll find him you can also find him over on newsbreak uh, under Lawrence Owen, you can find him on Twitter at deep at no, he's not DPN. I'm DPN at Colts underscore Law, and um, basically, like if there's a microphone and the sound comes out of it, he's probably there. So he's everywhere, and he's here with us every Tuesday from seven thirty till eight thirty. He may need to take off a little bit early tonight. We don't know yet, but yeah. he might just have to say bye so we want to make sure we get the <laughs> plugs in um so i do want to get to my last two questions with you then we can get to the audience questions but i want to make sure i get these in important ones the more, probably the more important questions i'm going to ask today let me ask the first one who wins the AFC championship game the kansas city chiefs or the cincinnati Bengals? man i hate to say it i i think kansas city is going to beat cincy yeah, I think they're going to mop the floor with them. To be honest with you, that like I don't think I don't think people realize how good Kansas City's pass rush actually is. And after yeah. what I saw, Mike Rabel's defense oh. due to Joe Burrow, dude, Chris Jones is going to have a field day, just uh, like Simmons did. Ryan Tannehill ruined everything for me because I had a blog written and ready wrote and ready to go. I was just waiting to click send for that game to mm -hmm. finish, and then he throws the interception, and it was called. Ready, hear me out. 
I think Joe Burrow slept with Mike Vrabel's wife. That's what the article <laughs> is called. In the first two paragraphs was just how Joe Burrow, a bit of it was an applause because I give it to him. I saw a gritty, tough performance by Joe Burrow to keep getting up. However, oh, yeah. I, I think what I saw is like he was hit 14 times that game between sacks and quarterback. 14 times he was hit. Not drop backs, not a hit. Like where yeah. he got knocked to the ground oh yeah and and he just you know got up like it didn't happen so we saw a gritty performance but uh yeah i i, I think jones is going to absolutely annihilate that offensive line which is why we've been saying he got jamar chase they're not even talking to him next year he's going to get some really big guy who can oh, yeah. block to stand in front of him and oh, i wouldn't Joe be surprised. should be the guy that's sitting there going i need that right there the whole well, thing right there in front of me if you recall, that was the debate going into mm -hmm. the draft, right? Oh, yeah. And there was all those memes out there. Do mm -hmm. you get him Jamar Chase and kill him, or do you get him an offensive line and he doesn't quite have the weapon that you know he could have had? I think Cincinnati made the right choice now when you look at it at the end of the day. As long the as they end up getting him an offensive line and not do to him what the Colts did to Andrew Luck. Sure. Yes, that that could be an issue. Yeah, they better not be going out and saying, "Okay, we're focusing on defense now," because your defense is fine. Uh, you need to add some pieces, but you need to put free agency in the draft has to be dedicated to putting five very capable, really kind of fat, strong. Maybe three. They have a left tackle. I say maybe gotta, three. Yeah, and their right guard is okay. Yeah, but everybody else needs to be replaced. Their center is their center is awful. Um. But yeah, no, okay, yeah, I think they're gonna mop the floor at them as well. Um, I'm rooting for the Bengals. I hope y'all win because yes. you know uh, I'm sorry for every you know all the Chiefs guys that I uh, have connections with and 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 looking to uh, do do stories with and stuff this off season. But um, no, who cares? Yeah, your your fan base just stinks. say it. Your and, fan and I say stinks. this: I have come across some solid Chiefs fans as of late. Yeah, me um, too. The weird part is most of them are from Britain. <laughs> like it's like like a Scottish guy, an English guy, a uh, couple of them, uh one guy I think is like DJ Jazz or something. He's a good guy. Obviously my boy Brad the Brit Chief. There's another guy who's starting a podcast, uh Chiefs fan. He's he's from uh Britain as well or from the UK. UK. Um you know, we're uh I said, I'll, you know, just tell me when you're ready. I'll go on. I'll help support you. I like you. So there's some solid Chiefs fans, but as a yeah. whole, as a yeah. whole, I hate As them. a whole, they're all like Mahomes' brother and wife. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, I think you just described it exactly. And yeah. again, there, I probably got about 10 to 15 who follow me that I follow back. And I know a few of them watch me. This is not directed at you. This is directed to the rest. And listen, I'm a Patriots fan. Like yeah. I'm very well aware of how our fan base is perceived. Like I'm very well aware and people know I hate Patriots fans just as much as I hate other fan bases. I'm aware. So for me to take a hard stance and say that you are the worst fans in the NFL, bigger than Patriots and Cowboys fans, you know how bad you've gotten. Like you've gotten mm -hmm. bad. Oh yeah. Who's going to win the NFC? Los Angeles Rams and the overrated Matthew Stafford or San Francisco 49ers and the uh, the delinquent uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> oh, come on now. Uh, the Rams were my pick before the season ever started. 
And I'm not moving away from that. I'm not moving away from that. So and... I don't know if you saw what the, the pot that I stirred two weeks ago, uh, especially here in Toronto uh, amongst the Dean Blundell uh, readers and viewers. But I wrote an article called Move Over LT. Aaron Donald is the GOAT. And uh, I stirred a lot I of people. I stirred a lot of people up. A lot of people were mad at me over that. Um, based on what I just watched on the weekend, and I get that Worfs was out. Um, I'm I'm gonna stand by my pick. Aaron Donald is, and I watched Lawrence Taylor. I get it, guys. Listen, listen. And I'm not a prisoner of the moment right now. Maybe I'm early on this. Maybe I'm early. But this guy is doing it in a league where he made interior defensive linemen relevant again. It became an irrelevant position, and Donald made it relevant again. And he's, if at the very least, he is the best player in the NFL. And I mean, above yeah, all those fancy quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. He is just absolutely dominating and all of a sudden von miller looks like vintage von miller again as well oh yeah. my god yeah but my, my, my issue i i have this issue with calling someone a goat like of because you, you know like i hate tradition. the word goat too you i know. know i hate it so, so goat, when i goat, say the word because goat, there's I mean so it. many great people right i mean and on top of that these are two very different positions between what aaron donald played and what lawrence taylor played right yeah. aaron donald's an interior defensive lineman Lawrence Taylor was an outside linebacker. Right? We're also content creators. We got to stir the pot a little. <laughs> and, and I'm going to throw something out there. I think there's somebody better than what Lawrence Taylor was uh, that's not named Aaron Donald that I, I, I think should be dropped in that list so often and people just overlook it, you know, and that's Reggie White. I was just going to ask you if it was Reggie White. It's Reggie freaking White, dude. He was a yeah. monster. So. No, no, he was, he was. I know, and there's been a lot of players. It's the same argument with quarterback. Like people always dismiss Marino because of the rings. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, Marino's a top five quarterback of all time. Watch him play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, no, I just I love that Rams defense. I love that uh, Jalen Ramsey got blown off the line by Mike Evans too because I mean he's really good. But J.C. Jackson should have been a first team All Pro, and he he scoffed at the fact that he got paid, that you know people were projecting J.C. over him. So. He got it. He was selected as a first-team All-Pro, and Mike Evans just blew him out of the water, blew the brakes off of him. So fuck you, Jalen Ramsey. But um, never been a never been a Ramsey fan since his days in Jacksonville. I've never been a Jalen Ramsey fan. But uh, and it's I'll weird because I I'll, I'll I usually Ramsey. love those kind of guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Ramsey some credit though. He's he's not been as mouthy since he's been with the Rams as when he was when he was in Jacksonville. It's true, but he's just he. I think he just rubbed me so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a guy who loves Antonio Brown, so I can't explain to you why I don't like Jalen Ramsey. I usually love those kind. I mean, people know this, and this was before I had my quote unquote beef with Tom Brady. I love Richard Sherman because of the you mad bro thing. Because I just love people like that. I just love that. You know what I mean? Like, you just walked up to what is arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play this game and looked them right in the eye and went, you mad, bro? Like, in the <laughs> most sarcastic of ways. I love that kind of swagger. I don't know what it is, but Ramsey has just always gotten under my skin. <laughs> I also think the Rams are the only team that can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 
I wrote that the other day. So that's our last hope because I don't think this, the 49ers, if they somehow pull this off or if the Bengals you know, have any chance to beat Kansas City, and I can't deal with another Kansas City Super Bowl. Oh, my God. I can't deal with another championship coming out of Kansas to Kansas City. It would drive me insane. Oh, that ain't no lie. That ain't no lie. Uh, God, when did this become uh... – Dear Chiefs haters, instead of Dear Pats Nation. I don't care, but it's it's, it's been like this for two years. It's not, it's never gonna change. OG, OG, OG zero sources. <laughs> I actually need to order another sweater of yours because, um, as you know, when I drink coffee, half the time I miss my mouth, and oh, I got and yours is white. Yes, and I got a <laughs> yellow stain that I have bleached, that I have scrubbed, and the bleach has now turned it an off pink. So Ooh. I'm going to be ordering. You're going to see an order coming through because I'm ordering a new hoodie. Because um, you actually, like, I told everybody, I don't, I don't, I say this for real. Best material merch I've ever bought in my life is Lawrence's hoodie. Like it's such a, such top quality. I suggest you go check it over. I Make sure it's to, the have a good one hoodie and not just the regular Colts Law hoodie. It was a have a good one. I yeah, do want sure to. Uh, that way it'll have it on the back because the regular Colts Law one doesn't have the back print. We'll, uh. Well, you and I will have a chat because I want to give you the chance to put your stuff on my website. No kickback to me, just another chance to to get it out there so our fan base can come get it. And oh, I got a cool. store there now. I'm going to do hashtags, my stuff. So everybody, anybody who's on here has merch, we can push all the merch out there. So if you, guys want cool. to get, if you guys want to get your hands on it, I'm hoping the next week or so to get that all figured out and start putting uh, some of Lawrence's stuff up there too. And it's not a partnership in the sense I get a kickback. It'll just link back to his, but you'll get to see the pictures and, and it'll be under my store. So I want to do that. Do I still have you or do you got to go? No, no, no call yet. It should be sometime okay. soon, but we're good for now. Okay, Mikey, let's take advantage of this. Can you please put it up? There we go. Producer Mike has a question. Oh, it's a question from the discord. If we have time, should the Colts look at Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? That comes from Patriots media. Well, yeah, I mean, they should also look at freaking Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, come on. It doesn't mean they're going to get them, but they should definitely go look at them. Okay. Well, I, there's <laughs> no, that answer. I, I don't think there's not much of a shot of going and getting either one of those guys, but definitely call dig. I'm sure they've already done it, you know, uh, see what it would take. There's a lot of hoops that you would have to jump through to get someone like that. Would you basically, if you're going after one of those two guys, are you basically pulling a Rams now? You're going all in to to win a Super Bowl? Because, oh, well, yeah. Because you've already lost this. You've got no first-round pick this year. You didn't have one last year. Right. So, I mean, you're giving yeah, up back to back because of the quell. So, you're kind of giving up back to back first round picks. Right. So, I said the quell. The forest. Thomas Ryan says, Hey, Lawrence, did the quell ever get his ball back from the, the, uh, the deflate gate game? That might be why the quell's name came up in my head. Because uh, <laughs> I happen to subconsciously see Thomas Ryan's question here. No, it's because you're just trying to find a way to flex that you hang out with the quell Jackson and I hang out with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got the quill to, to join me uh, in in calling the uh, the TBL's combine <laughs> this year. Really? Yeah, almost. But he had plans. Um, but he, he he went and looked for a minute. 
Uh, no, DeQuell never didn't get the ball back. He he called Tom Brady, called a bunch of people, you know, asking to get get some help. That he hasn't gotten it back yet. There, it's it's one of those enshrined things I think that's happened, and he wants it, but I don't think he's going to get it. Does he know that every Patriots fan hates him for that Singletary moment? And uh, and yeah. uh, most of us will never forgive him. And all he did was take the ball back to the trainer and say, "This feels a little." soft and then walk back onto the field he was thinking they would just air it back up and then they would play football again you know <laughs> that's not what happened <laughs> it's not what happened at all to quell it is what it is you know stuff like that happens thank you for your comment thomas oh i thought my i thought i offended mike um david says my biggest question on the pats is uh who's going to retire otherwise move on hightower kevin van noy mccordy slater so i believe that dante hightower is done <sighs> hit me like a ton of bricks but after the performance we watched this year he's he's got to be finished uh kyle van noy is not going anywhere he'll be here for at least he's going to under contract another year he's still the early 30s i want to say so he's still going to be around uh, I think if Slater wants to return, he'll have a spot on this team. He's going to sign somewhere around a veteran's minimum. Devin McCourty says he's thinking about it. He's trying to figure it out. I just don't know, to be honest with you, if he does decide to play, if he'll be playing as a Patriot. I know it sounds weird to think of Devin McCourty playing somewhere else. I think it'll all come down to how much money he's looking for next season. Uh, I think that he's good enough to come back and play safety. Do you think, and this is coming from a Colts fan, so expect it. Do you think that, that when Jonathan Taylor, what he did to um, McCourty and Hightower, do you think that has anything, do you think that's playing in their mind a little bit when it comes to deciding whether or not they're going to retire? No, but what I can tell you is, is that play – was actually a lot more on Hightower. I know it was both of them because of mm -hmm. the angle, but yeah, if Hightower doesn't over-pursue, then McCourty has the angle on him. That's one of the – it was sort of the domino effect. That play there, though, was the one that told me how done Hightower was. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not the first time he over-pursued. And just so you know, they had the exact same play like two weeks before against the Titans, against a third string running back where he over-pursued McCourty, McCourty missed. McCourty yeah. missed Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. So, or not Dylan, but um oh. I know who you're talking about, the yeah. whatever the kid's name is. And uh the practice squad guy who came mm -hmm. up and, and put two hundred yards up on the Patriots. Yeah. Um those two plays there, the the first one, okay, it happens. Hightower over pursues. McCourty misses the angle. You're like, out of all players, 54 and 32. When it happened the second time, that was the first time I vocally out loud admitted, even though I knew it in my head. And I'd had mm -hmm. the conversation in the group chat. Hillard. That's Hilliard. the name, Hillard. Hillard. <laughs> I, that, yeah, because I always mix him up with Dalton Hilliard that used to play for the Saints. Yeah, that was the first time I admitted out loud that I thought high was done. To be real with you, that's when I knew, and everybody knows that it hurts. I mean, I got McCourt, I got her high tower jerseys all over the place. Yeah, you know, and but that was the first time that I had to 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 admit out loud, like I had to, I I had to as of as a broadcaster, whatever you want to call us, podcaster, we'll call us as a podcaster. 
that I had to come out and say it. McChicken is selling merch too. He's selling my merch. Yay! <laughs> He's selling McChicken Vlogs merch. I love it. I love it. Uh, Tim Johnson says, uh, we could have a better chance against the Bills uh, if we got a sure-handed player. I, does that mean wide receiver? Does that sound like wide receiver to you, sure-handed? Um, because um, the, the, the defense was just as big of an issue against that, the Bills I mean, as the offense. When, so. when, when you drop 40 points on somebody, I'm not saying it's the offense. That's the problem as yeah. much as it is the defense. You know, no, I still stand by that Micah Hyde interception is what changed everything in that game. If that catch falls into Aguilar's hands, the Patriots, I think, have a little bit more swag, a little bit more confidence, a little bit more everything. That interception put Buffalo into a frenzy. And when they made it 14 nothing, I mean, McChicken texted or messaged us right in the group chat at 14 nothing, said game over. And I don't think any of us argued. We're all just like, yep, yep. Well, that's also, like I said, when we opened this, when I first came in and I said, you need one of those hands 50-50 guys, those big receivers 50-50 with really good hands that, you know, is going to catch a contested ball uh, all the time, you know, or or tough to catch balls, you know. Um, So, yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely going to make an impact on on any game. That's one of those plays where – I have, you know, you say three things. Number one, Mac, you throw that a foot further and let him run into it. It's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Aguilar, experienced player. You high point that ball. You're not basket. You know, you don't basket. You high point that ball. But what a play by Micah Hyde. Like, and I oh, think yeah. that in the in the in the way of criticizing those two, we've almost as Patriot fans tried to take away the fact that that was an unbelievable play that an eighth of the NFL safeties would make, you know, like just to, to pursue that ball to I break mean, Con- on it. The way he did was just unbelievable. Connor said like after the interception happened, he still, he thought it was a touchdown. Like he thought until the bills were all celebrating, he was like, what happened? Like he thought it was a touchdown. He didn't even realize that he had gotten there and intercepted the football. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Tim. Uh, Delusional Patriot fan says, think we could get away with trading Win to Atlanta for Ridley. Win has like a f- – no, no, you can't because Atlanta's getting rid of Ridley because of salary cap. Uh, Win, I believe, has like a $14 million cap hit this year. Uh, unless the Patriots accrued the, the cap hit, uh, which they still can't because then they wouldn't have the money. That's the call. Guys, that's Lawrence Owen. Find him over on the Colts Law Podcast, the Quell, uh, the Believe in Colts Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Colts underscore Law. Follow him on YouTube. He has to go pick up his son, Lawrence. Thanks so much, okay, buddy, for coming later. in. All right, man. Thank you for having me, and I'll uh, see you again Tuesday, and hopefully Thursday I'll see you when Thursday I come see and you. Friday, right? Huh. All right, buddy. All right. Take care. Lawrence and I have not uh, been able to match up on our Patreon hangout nights. I've been able to get there on Thursday. He couldn't come the last couple of Fridays. So hopefully we'll be able to, uh, to get that going. I just, I don't think he knows that he didn't turn off his camera. Oh, he did turn off. He's just hanging. He's just listening. I don't know what he's doing. 
I don't know if he knows if they didn't leave or not. Well, it's okay. He can hang out. I like Lawrence. Um, yeah, so that's it for that, I guess. We're having a good conversation, too. But actually, we're going to be saying goodbye in three minutes anyway, so that uh, kind of worked out. That music is telling you that it's time to bring in producer Mike. Mikey. I'm back. You are back. Hello. You didn't see it. I did the Cam Newton thing. You don't have a camera on though, so we just yeah. you know we you know what we saw? We saw this. Yeah. Um Does my picture really look like that? Jeez. No. You got like a you're trying to be badass, but you're not badass look on your face. You got yeah. that look like lock up your daughters because we're gonna hit it and quit it. Oh yeah. Um what did you think of the uh the, the last hour? I always love when Lawrence is on. I love his insight. I love his conversation. It's always good having the law dog on. Is that why you hang out on his Patreon and not ours? I actually have never been on his Patreon. Or um, Discord, I meant to say. Oh, I, I hang out in his Discord because Matt's always in there for some reason and Joe is fun to rile up, so you know. Yeah, but okay. why, don't we, why don't you invite them to our Discord to hang out? I, I have. There's, they keep saying, where's Ray? I was there the other day. Yeah, but Lawrence like actually hangs out in there and talks to people. Like I, I came up and said, "What's up, kids?" No, 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 not like type. Like Lawrence goes in the in the voice thing and talks to people. Oh, I don't want to do that. Like a phone call. You've never used Discord, have you? I do a two-hour podcast for them. Right? Isn't it good enough? Can't I just type and say hi? Isn't that isn't that what they they're there for? Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, we're working on the Discord. I'll get Ray in there to talk. We're twitching to you. all over the Discord, people. Yeah, dude. We're gonna be on Twitch soon, so we're no longer gonna broadcast live on Twitter. Uh, McChicken Vlog says, "Start calling producer Mike Il Deuce." Don't do that. Is there a backstory behind this? I have no idea where that came from. I, I, uh, nope. Don't call me that. What does that mean? No, you I do know. No, I, I have no, no idea. No, you do know. You do know. You you had you, I... you you totally did in a way you know. So you got to tell me now. What does ill deuce mean? McChicken, what should what should I know? Apparently, <laughs> come on, you know. No, I have no clue. <laughs> Guys, producer Mike and I are about to go through the Patreon comments and questions that were left over on our Patreon page. It's one tonight, by the way. Uh, before we do that, let me tell you the benefits of becoming a Patreon member for only $5 a month. You get invited to our Patreon hangout every Friday. You also get direct access to me. I was just chatting with some guys. I do chats in the DMs on the I, I DM in the Patreon all the time with guys. He does. Can I do that on Discord as well? We can just I can DM them. They can get direct access to me. Oh, means I got to DM to everybody, right? Um, yeah. My my Discord went back into the cloud again. I got to re-uncloud it. Okay. Does that mean I'm not on it enough? That means you're not on it enough. We're, we're, again, we're working on the Discord. I'm getting right there. You're supposed to make a schedule for me. 
that I can put on my phone to tell me I gotta go Twitch in the Discord. Alright, we'll uh, we'll work on the schedule. So far so far the questions are going good. Guys, if you're if you're not on live, you know, join the Discord. I made a channel for everybody to drop a question. You saw tonight I brought up Patriots Media's Discord when we had had time. So if you have a question for Ray, drop it in there. I'll try to get it on on stream for you. So that kind of means like so basically there's no perk to watching this live you've got to go do everything do everything else we're doing to get get access to me is that what we're saying here i'm saying there are multiple ways to access ray should i finish my patreon spot now yes you should where did i leave off oh let's start over okay. producer mike and i are about to read through the comments and questions left on patreon it's only one uh, before we do that, let me tell you the benefits of becoming a Patreon member for only $5 a month. You get invited to our Patreon Hangout every Friday night. You also get direct access to me. And your comments and questions are guaranteed to be answered on every episode of the Dear Pat Station podcast. When you're watching or listening to the show on Friday nights, there's like 10 guys in there. That's the Patreon members. Check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Sports and see what's happening over there. All right. Let's look at the one and only question, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Alex says, "What? who do you think will win the NFC Championship game? And I feel bad. And he asked me yesterday who's going to win the AFC, so he's staying <laughs> consistent with his questions. <laughs> I feel bad because Lawrence and I just spoke about it, so it's not really like, oh, special to you, but it is special to you, and I appreciate you, Alex, because you always find a comment. And a big shout-out to Thomas, who's working like hundreds and hundreds of hours right now. He's a nurse. COVID's hitting them hard in uh, in Germany. So thank you very much. Um, I believe that the Los Angeles Rams are going to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Sony Michelle is going to win another ring when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I like the Rams defense. I like Sony Michelle. I like the receivers. And I sort of like Mr. Overrated. Hmm. Mikey, who is going to win the NFC Championship? I also believe the St. Louis Rams are going to win the NFC Championship. The St. Louis Rams? I had to change it up, man. We've been saying the same thing for an hour. We talked about it for like a minute. I know. I know. No, I think they're going to win for all the same reasons. And listen, I was watching Vaughn Miller this weekend. He he is looking good again, like Ray said. Vintage Vaughn Miller. So I already uh, addressed the tweet of the day. Yes. But I'm going to give you the opportunity to address the tweet of the day. Again, you can have your tweet being the tweet of the day by following me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. You can also follow the business account at Ray Route Web. It's run by that man over there, producer Mike. Uh, if if there's video and it's promoting just the channel, it's me. Anything else is Mike because he does. he's good at the interaction piece. Uh, but you follow me at DPN underscore Ray. You can also follow Mike at MN underscore off topic. Uh, but you tweet at us, uh, at us, ask a question. I pick the best tweet or the dumbest tweet of the day. That becomes a tweet. My boy, no love entertainment at FCB goat, FC or FC goat, FCB goats one. I can't read it too far. I don't have my glass on my, you guys understand my computer is like across the room. You don't even understand how far my computer screen is from me. And I could look at the screen right in front of me. Ray, I have a question. Why do people hate Mac? hate on mac for no reason people don't respect him and to mention he will uh took his team to the playoffs by the way something justin herbert can't do but they give him uh they give herbert the credit herbert is a good quarterback don't get me wrong but come on man 
Uh, Mikey, why are they rough on Mac Jones? I think because of the expectations that are on Mac Jones, you kind of alluded to it before. Um, there's a different kind of scrutiny and pressure on the quarterback of the New England Patriots because of mm -hmm. who you followed. And I don't mean Cam Newton, <laughs> right? Like everybody knows that Cam Newton was here as a bridge. Mac Jones is the successor. Cam Newton's he's, a goat. He's the guy. Greatest of all time. Puts balls in the dirt like no one else can. Listen, anybody who can throw behind any <laughs> or uh, Robbie, Robbie Anderson on a, <laughs> on a quick out on that play, the it's, it's goat material. Business decisions in the Super Bowl. Got good hair though. Listen, he kept the uh, the Patriots quarterback streak alive. He's a snazzy dresser. I'll tell you that much. I don't know why he gets so much hate for the fashion, dude. I don't either. I don't either because he is a snazzy dresser. I, I wish, and I mean this. This isn't me being insulting. I wish I had the courage that he has to wear some of the shit that he wears and and, and looks good in it. And yeah. he's, got, he's got his hat company. He makes really nice fedoras, like really, like really sick fedoras. Like it's, it's, he's fresh. He's, he's hip. Yeah. He's, he's no, a good, I, he's I've a good looking cat. Him. I'll tell you yeah. that much. He's a good looking guy. Style's great, man. Style's great. Cam Newton's going to have a great career after football. I really believe that. I think he's already got a great career. <laughs> I don't mean as a football player. I mean, as a, it's not professional. I mean, just a yawn in the middle of my answer. Um, I think, no, it's Hat Company, and I think he's doing something with cigars, and he's got his podcast. Yeah, he, he owns a really popular, I guess, cigar bar and restaurant, I think, in Atlanta. Like, makes yeah. a lot of money doing that. So, good on yeah. Cam, man. Maybe he can start a two-hour football podcast on a YouTube channel every day of the week. Lawrence would probably have him as a guest, right? Yeah, well, Lawrence hangs out with the football players. He's he's like that. Were you yeah. offended that I said he hangs out with Quell Jackson and I hang out with you? Did that offend you, Mike? No, I, I enjoy the fact that you hang out with me. If you had the chance to hang out with Dequell Jackson or me... I would yeah, definitely choose me. you over to Quell Jackson. I'd choose you over William McGinnis. I mean, fuck, why would I go hang out with guys that really know the game inside and out? They're like the coolest people in the okay, world. Man. Okay, now, now you're just, now you're just <laughs> being an asshole with the William McGinnis thing. <laughs> Listen, guys, if Ray ever got the chance to meet Willie, it would be one I of those. I would dump uh, you in a second. I would dump yeah, you in a second. It would, it's not even funny. <laughs> if he was like, fire Mike, and you can come meet me, I'd be like, Mike, you're fired. And, and I'd, I'd be hanging out with Willie McGinnis. And I'd, and I'd text you and tell you about it. You remember why I fired you? Yeah, this is why. And it was so much fun. Yep. Yeah, it'd be one of those scenarios. You'd be so starstruck. He would be gone for like 10 minutes. Like you wouldn't Me? even be in the same room. Yeah, you would just be in a daydream. And you'd be like, Mr. McGinnis. And he'd already be like walking 10 feet away. And so like, he would leave. He would have left already. And I would have came up yeah. with my first question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I would I would have just blank I would just blank out and I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know we were talking. Like it would just be whatever. Yeah. And and then he would right. follow you on Twitter, and you'd be like, oh. Are you ready to record some stuff for the Newsbreak app? Well, let's do it. Ray just won an, won an award, everybody. I did. I did. I already talked about it, though. Yeah. That, that's should I, I, should I reveal say. the text that I sent you? Sure. Go ahead. I think we should. I think we should. Yeah. So we have, a, as I said, we I have a business uh, a business twitter account i have my regular one which is at dpn underscore ray everything that comes out of there is my opinion everything is me at ray route web 
is the official Twitter account of rayroute.com. And that is, we don't use that as a personal account to give any sort of opinion. That's where we promote the show, promote the website, do some fan engagement, that kind of thing. And Mike and I both run the account. Well, when the face of the company, the star of the show, if you will, wins an award, we have to tweet about it. So I got sent a graphic listing me as the winner, as the the top video contributor to Newsbreak for 2021. And I knew we had to tweet that out. And I tried to tweet it like three times and I just couldn't because as arrogant as I am, it just felt so weird that I'm going to tell you exactly what I texted Mike because my wife laughed. So you guys probably will as well. I texted Mike. I just can't do it. Please post something nice about me on the page. I just can't do it for myself. Post this picture as well. Maybe indicate it's you. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I couldn't be like, congratulations, Ray. You know what I mean? Like, and start patting myself on the back, even though I know I'm writing it from the business account. I just, I knew, I knew it was me and I couldn't do it. So to be fair, I was going to do something shortly after you texted me. So I was kind of hoping you wouldn't because I didn't want to double post something. And I was like, I hope he doesn't post something himself. So it was kind of weird. We had the same thought. Yeah. So I just, you know. I was shocked when I won. Like, I think you could tell by my tweet that I was shocked. Yeah. Um, and like, I think I, like I text every, I'm just like, I won in all caps. Like <laughs> I didn't think I was going to win. I really didn't. So I was shocked when they made me, when I was picked as the winner. And, and like, yep. I, I think I tweeted, like, I think I wrote, holy shit, I won. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I texted my wife. I'm like, I won like all caps. Like I was just so shocked that I had won. Yeah, I mean, it really is a testament to the work that you've been putting in the last couple months. And, you know, just, you know, if you guys go on there and see the amount of followers that he has on Newsbreak, I mean, it it's amazing. We've had and, very uh, quick growth over there. Yeah, I've yeah. very, very quick growth. Um, yeah, no, it's it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, the last the last three months have been like a whirlwind for me. I mean, when you when I go back and I just think about September and on, like I think it was beginning of October, middle of October, when Connor left. Yep. And that I just fell into a very precarious position. And then by I think it was end of October that my relationship with Color Cast ended uh, after a very very <laughs> short. Um, stint and then it was like the end of november that i joined the blind it was maybe middle of november that i joined the blundell network and then to win this award it's just it's been very today's been like these like people don't know like when these kind of things happen to me i get very sentimental i don't get emotional i'm not an emotional person but i get very sentimental like i get very like like all the people who've supported me and helped me. And I just thank them so much. And then I like to, like, I reflect, like I reflect at Christmas a lot. I reflect on these other times. And like, you know, something like this, winning this award today, like I got sentimental on the fact of what has happened. And I think about, right. I wouldn't even be in this position if it wasn't for Connor. Right. Because they went and recruited us back in July. They wanted Connor and I to do it. Yeah. So yeah. 
I know that without Connor, I wouldn't even have been in line to win this award today. Connor and I start doing it in July. In August, he gives it up, and it's just me doing it. And then by October, he's not even a part of Deer Pats Nation anymore. Um, however, without him, we never would have got the opportunity. And the fact that um, – and funny story, I don't think I would have got I – I didn't think I was going to get Blundell without Connor. You know Really? I mean? Yeah. We won't go any further. Yeah. I did. Right. But uh, just so everybody knows, Connor almost came back like this close. I don't know if you guys can see my fingers. This close. It's very close for those not yeah. watching the podcast. At the end of November, like came very, very close to coming back. And then he just couldn't. And I had to go kind of negotiate some things and some s- stuff on my own. Um, now I'm at the point where I, he almost can't come back because all my contracts are solo everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I think though, like it's what, what's happened though. So I win this award. So I got very sentimental. And like I was, I was saying on top of the show, Mario and I are talking tomorrow because we want to do some projects together. Like not just the podcast. You know what I mean? Right. Um, we've brought you onto the team where you're going to be building the, like, I'm giving you these, these like the discords and the twitches. And I'm like, dude, go make yourself money. You know what I mean? Use mm-hmm. my name. Um, I tried to do that with Sarah, like use my name and go make yourself some money. You know what I mean? Um, propel yourself. Um, you know, we got the website. I want to get some more writers on there. I want to get some, you know, more collaborations going. Uh, again, Mario and I are going to look at doing some partnering up on some stuff and, and working together on some projects. And it's, um, yeah, it's really weird the last six months and where it's gone, but I was very honored to get that award today. Anyways, shall we, we got 16 minutes left. Shall we record this stuff? Let's do it. So this has sort of been our our story of the day. And and the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to the AFC Championship game. They're going to be playing Kansas City. Going to be going up against Patrick Mahomes. They are the underdogs, but they have a chance to win. If they win, they'll end up in a Super Bowl. And I have to remind everybody that it was just two years ago that they had the worst record in the NFL, had the first overall pick in the 2020 draft, drafted Joe Burrow. Had an okay season, but still pretty bad the next year in 2020. Drafted Jamar Chase, and now they're a game away from going to the Super Bowl. That makes me think of the New England Patriots. Makes me think of Mac Jones. Makes me think of the potential. Now, the Bengals have done a fantastic job building around Joe Burrow. Mike, let me ask you, what do the Patriots have to do to help Mac Jones the way the Bengals help Joe Burrow? I think for Mac Jones, it's going to start around the offensive line. They need to solidify some of that offensive line around him. Um, Second is going to be to get him that wide receiver, like we talked about, get him that uh, deep threat. And I think third is um, they're going to need to shore up that defense around him, uh, get get a little bit younger, get a little bit faster, make sure that they can take the ball away to give him uh, more opportunities with the football. So Lawrence Owen from the Colts Law Podcast and the Believe in Colts Podcast said that the Patriots don't need a speed guy like Tyree Kill. They should be looking more at one of those 50-50 guys like A.J. Brown. What kind of receiver do you think the Patriots need at the number one spot? I think they need a hybrid, you know, like a a Calvin Ridley, a Michael Thomas that can kind of pretty much go all over the field, uh, stretch the field when needed, go intermediate and just, you know, shorthanded is the right word can go up and you know make those 50 50 balls more than 50 50 
somebody that he can go to in uh, high pressure situations. Antonio Brown has had quite the last four weeks, we should say. A few weeks ago, he quit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the middle of the third quarter or was cut, depending on which side of the story you listen to. At that point, he stripped off his jersey, stripped off his shoulder pads, left the field uh, bare-chested, waving to the crowd. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were eliminated from the playoffs on Sunday, and that caused Antonio Brown to post an image of himself celebrating leaving the field with his hands in his air in the air with a photoshop sign saying buccaneers eliminated (laughs) he then talked this week that he would like to play with lamar jackson and obviously that means the baltimore ravens angling to find himself a job of course antonio brown's cousin hollywood brown is a receiver for the baltimore ravens I happen to know a Baltimore Ravens content creator who doesn't want to go near Antonio Brown with a 15-foot pole. <laughs> but let me just put the question, the elephant in the room on the table for you, Mike. Will Antonio Brown ever play football in the NFL again? This is a tough one, right? Because talent talent is king, and Antonio Brown can still play. But I think at this point he's become such a toxic um figure around the NFL when you burn Tom Brady I think you've effectively burnt your last bridge in 2019 the New England Patriots drafted Nikhil Harry with the 32nd overall pick in the draft lots of Patriot fans myself included were very optimistic that Nikhil Harry was going to be that big 50-50 guy that he was going to take his college game and it was going to translate into the NFL Three years later, I think it's fair to say that Nikhil Harry has been a wee bit of a disappointment if you're a New England Patriots fan or I would say New England Patriots player or coach. However, this week, and this could have been an old comment, I'm not sure, but it kind of made the headlines this week and started going around on social media. The Tennessee Titans draft pick from that same year, A.J. Brown, who's one of the best young receivers in the NFL, says that he cried after he wasn't drafted by the Patriots, also said that he was a big Patriots fan and he wanted to play with Tom Brady and play for Bill Belichick. Mike, you are a Patriots fan. How much more disappointed are you about the Nikhil Harry pick hearing how badly A.J. Brown wanted to be a Patriot? Um, Honestly, this was the dagger for me to see a kid that is playing this well at elite levels really is in line to be one of the highest paid wide receivers because of how talented he is. You look at the quarterback that he is clearly elevating. Um, and on the other end of that, the Patriots basically have a bad blocking tight end. Um, it really is disappointing. And this was, this was the, like I said, the dagger for me. Can you forgive Bill Belichick for this gaffe, or is this one that's going to, you think, tarnish his legacy in your eyes and your eyes alone a little bit uh, when it's all said and done? This is going to tarnish Bill a little bit for me, because if you do one of the hypotheticals where you kind of dig down the rabbit hole, um, how did this affect Tom Brady's future in New England? Tom Brady, for the first time ever is actually considering retirement up until now 
Brady has basically been an open book and we've all known what his plan was. He wasn't going to retire. He was going to play till 45. He's now thinking about it. He did put this post on Instagram today that said, I understand that at this stage of my career, there's going to be interest in my future whenever a season ends. But this week, all that's on my mind is the gratitude I have for this team and the fans that have supported us all year long. This year has been incredibly rewarding personally and professionally, and I'm appreciative of everyone who worked their ass off to help our team achieve as much. I always want to win. I think that's pretty apparent by now, but that doesn't mean I equate losing to failure, especially when you go out fighting the way we did. There's so much to appreciate in a season like this when you're surrounded by a team that believes in each other and plays for uh, the man or and plays for the people standing on either side of them. I'll spare you the man in the arena quote, but the feeling is something that I promise I'll never take for granted to everyone that was a part of it this year. Thank you. I love you all. That to me does not sound like a man who is considering coming back to the NFL next year, but that's just me. Mike, how much are people going to regret wasting energy on hating Tom Brady and trying to diminish all of his accomplishments and not just spending time appreciating him for the quarterback he was? Because I went through that a little bit with Peyton Manning when he retired, and I realized how much time I wasted not appreciating him. Do you think that people are going to sit back and go, man, I probably should have showed Tom Brady a little bit more love than I did? Yeah, there's definitely going to be some of that. And I'm I'm trying to not be a homer here, right? Um, just trying to take in the era in football that we just witnessed. All the great quarterbacks that we've had. And you have the undisputed, as far as I'm considered right now, greatest of all time that sat above that pyramid of great quarterbacks. And to see the games that he played and just the storybook that he's been a part of you know that's something that the nfl will probably never see anything similar to again so i wasn't really paying attention to what was happening with the new orleans saints apparently this has been a rumor for about a week that sean payton could be done as the head coach and those rumors that were around uh, came into fruition today Sean Payton announced that he was stepping away as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And I love how they use the word stepping away and not stepping down, which is actually the proper word. Payton said he could be back in the NFL as a coach again, but he doesn't see that happening this season. Mike, how surprised are you that Payton is stepping away? Who do you think could be a candidate to be the head coach? And why do you think Sean Payton chose now was the time to step away as the coach? So I'm not surprised by it. In fact, I kind of tweeted this out today, and I, I was talking about it with some people yesterday. But listen, New Orleans is underwater as far as uh, you know, cap and talent and things of that nature. They they're not sure at the quarterback position as far as a replacement's concerned. Um, you know, that's a little bit outside of my depth of vision. You know, maybe they they want to go a different direction. Maybe they want to go a defensive route. Maybe they want to look at their offensive coordinator. Maybe they bring in one of these experienced head coaches that are looking for a job. But um, as far as his future in, in the NFL, um, outside of this, I think it could be Buffalo. I really do. I said that yesterday. We'll see what happens. You think they what move on from Sean McDermott and 
replace him with with Sean Payton? Yep, I think that that's wow. going to happen. I think uh, hot take alert. Yeah, I think it's not often that you have all the pieces in place, or I should say most of. Right, Buffalo is going to have some some things they're going to need to clean up this year. Um, usually, it's like, oh, I want the quarterback to elevate the rest of my team. I think they need a, a coach that's a little bit better to elevate that team. And why not take one of the best offensive minds in the league and put him in Buffalo with somebody with an outstanding skill set? And he's going to need to step away for a year to kind of make that all seem legit. Wow. Mike coming out on fire on fire. And I'm going to bring that up to Mario tomorrow. Cause I want to get his, his feedback on that. That's, that's a hell of a take, Mike. That is a hell of a take. All right. We got about three minutes of the show. Maybe it's actually two minutes, but we got time for one comment. So if you want to uh, pull up a comment, we can uh, do our last one of the night. Sure. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. I apologize. Here. I know we didn't get to a lot of the comments tonight, but just too much good conversation happening all over the place that we couldn't get there. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me just scroll through here. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to pull up one from. You got to pull one up quick. Let's pull there up this from McChicken and I will continue to search. Ooh, so McChicken, you know what's funny? When you said New Orleans underwater, I went, ooh, bad choice of words. <laughs> That's the first thing that popped in my so, mind. McChicken Vlogs calls him out and says, New Orleans is underwater, a eh? low below, a eh? levy broke. Uh, there's also a tragically hip song called New Orleans is sinking. And I don't want to swim. Swim. Yeah. All right. Do we, have a, do we have another comment? All right. Let's look at right. David. David says, I will just remind you that 31 teams passed on Tom Brady multiple times. That's just one example. Give it a rest. So I think he's actually, he's not even referring to the Tom Brady thing here. He's referring to the Bill Belichick whiff, whiffing on a draft pick. Oh, on the whole Nikhil Harry thing? Yeah. Or was this when I said that I stopped defending Nikhil Harry? Um. So before this, he said, come on, man, are we going to pretend the other 31 teams don't miss on draft picks? So No, I was talking specifically about Right. Nikhil Harry. Let's go back to that. that I'm going to go back to the, the original uh, one. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I'm a content creator. And AJ Brown said he cried when he didn't get picked by the Patriots. So I brought it up. It's going to go on news break. It's going to get clicks. Sometimes I got to do that. That's how I pay bills. Um, just full transparency with everybody. Just want to be fully transparent. Uh, I have a beef against Nikhil Harry, David, uh, because I defended Nikhil Harry for two and a half years. I took a lot of shit for defending Nikhil Harry. A lot. Mikey has been witness to it. Yep. He's been here watching it. Um, I have sat on this show not looking at comments like yours. I've taken the ones about Bella Fraud, and I've taken the ones about how terrible Nikhil Harry is. Um, and about I'll tie this in, okay? And I, I I said this a lot that I didn't think McDaniel's right. knew how to use Nikhil Harry, and people used to laugh at me and say, yep. "If that's my argument about Nikhil Harry, um, Nikhil Harry let me down, man." Like almost three years, I defended that guy, and I think for me, it when he, you know, fielded the punt with his face, that broke me. And I don't even want DK Metcalf, but I tweeted we could have had DK because that's the famous one. Mm -hmm. I think DK is a bit of a one-hit wonder, to be real with you. 
AJ Brown's a different story. AJ Brown's going to have consistency in his, in his career. And him and Debo Samuel both wanted to be Patriots. Mm-hmm. Yo, yes. Now, Belichick whiffs on receivers a lot. When you look at the Josh Boyce, the Chad Jacksons of the world, he <laughs> he he whiffs a lot. I'm trying to think of a receiver he hit on outside of Julian Edelman. And Malcolm Deion Mitchell. Branch. He just didn't play long enough. Yeah, he hit on Malcolm Mitchell. Malcolm Mitchell would have fucking saved him as a, a wide receiver GM or whatever you want to say it. it However, yeah. I just talked about his quarterback, three quarterbacks starting the playoffs. I wasn't really knocking Bill Belichick. He doesn't. Nikhil Harry doesn't tarnish my his in my eyes, and I get, but I get what Mike is saying. It could have changed the the direction and outcome of what happens with Tom Brady. There's a lot of things that could have happened. My gripe, personally, comes from Nikhil Harry himself because I defended and defended and defended, and he let me down. That's where I'll go, Mikey. We got to get out of here, buddy. We All need right. to say goodbye. I know. I'll give you. I'll give you thirty seconds to. to no, I, I don't. No, no, no. Get, no, no. Take your thirty seconds. Go ahead. You want? You want me to respond to that? Um, listen, I'm the biggest Josh McDaniels hater in this group, and you can't put all that blame on Josh McDaniels. Nikhil Harry needs to work harder. That's what he was sold as to. You know, a hard worker who aced the interview, who would get better, who would study the playbook, and you know what. We just haven't seen the execution. Thanks, Mikey. No problem. Have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Good night, everybody. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning into this episode of the Dear Pat's Nation podcast with Ray Rout. I'm Ray Rout. It's going to be interesting to see what Bill Belichick will do this offseason. Will he get that number one? Will he draft? I think they will. They're going to bring in a receiver. I'm, I'm almost sure of it. How and where is the question? Does it happen in the draft? Does it happen in free agency? Does it happen via trade? You know, a Calvin Ridley? I don't know. We got to fix that defense too, though. It's not just about the offense. It really isn't. We got to address linebacking core. We got to get safety depth or um, secondary depth what happens with McCordy what happens with JT Jackson what do you do with Jonathan Jones a lot of questions with not a lot of money I got faith in BB though gotta have faith in BB and I got faith that Sean Payton's gonna land on his feet somewhere I don't know Kind of feels like an end of an era today, right? Breeze gone, Peyton gone now from New Orleans. The Who Dat Nation. It was a long time ago that they won a Super Bowl too. Like, you forget how long ago it really was. It's like sometimes you realize how long ago 2014 was when the Patriots beat Seattle. It seems like it wasn't that long ago, but like we're moving close to a decade. Weird. Guys, I just want to thank you again for all the support that you give me here on the YouTube channel. For those of you who did follow me over to Newsbreak. And I know that I let a lot of you down on the YouTube channel and, and we let a lot of things slide. I'm trying my, my working my ass off to try to get it back to the standard that we had originally set. And I hope that, that you'll stick with me. I watch our subscriber count drop daily and I know why. Um... 
I just hope that you'll uh, I hope that I hope that it'll, you'll stick with me as we try to get up get to 10,000 and uh, yeah I appreciate it but I appreciate all of you over on Newsbreak we're over 12,000 followers over there and, and, and strong and counting and uh, the growth has been absolutely phenomenal the views over a million views since July it's been absolutely fantastic and what an honor today to be awarded as the uh, top video contributor so uh, appreciate that uh, with all my heart thank you to Newsbreak Thank you to Mike, Connor, Lawrence, Mario. Thank you to my Patreon crew. Thank you to everybody. Appreciate y'all. Thanks to the Dean Blundell Network, who got me all set up and snazzy over my new website. Find my new uh, find all my content at rayroute.com. Uh, you'll find the latest podcast episodes, videos, blogs, updates, links to our merch, links to Lawrence merch soon, hashtags, and uh, some of our partner stuff over on Amazon, Ultra Game and all that kind of stuff. So uh, go check out rayroute.com. I've left the link in the description. Uh, hey, 42 of you, right now, if you could, please hit that like button. Right? Just, it helps those analytics. Every time you smash that like button, it tells the people, it tells YouTube to tell people to come watch the show. Uh, listen, it's, it's the best way that you can support the YouTube channel. It's the easiest way. Um, so please hit that like button. And hey, if you're new here, if you've been hanging out and you kind of like what you heard, subscribe, hit the little bell, be notified every time that I go live. I'm live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Eastern time, two hours of unadulterated, unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. Uh, this episode of Dear Pass Nation was brought to you by our sponsors over at Ultra Game. Uh, get decked out in your fully licensed NFL gear. They have all your favorite teams over there. Go check out Ultra Game, the largest suppliers of licensed NFL apparel. Don't waste your money with those knockoffs. Get geared up with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. Uh, we're also brought to you by Newsbreak. I'm a content creator over there. I uh, cover the entire NFL. I do short vlogs for them. Uh, but there's a ton of creators in mainstream media outlets providing content. Uh, it's an absolutely free app. It's not just sports. It's all your local news. The app will use your location and filter everything that is relevant to you. But uh, you can also search for what you're looking for. It's a pretty dynamic app. Uh, I've left that link in the description. You can download it over there. And to be honest, if you download it using the link I left, I get a bit of a kickback. It's the easiest way to support the show. Uh, I make some money. You get a free app. Use the link in the description and download the Newsbreak app today. Uh, and finally, we are members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Go on over to DeanBlundell.com. Check out the work I'm doing over there. You can also check out what's happening um, with everybody over at Dean Blundell, like over 100 podcasts and content creators. Go check it out. Uh, appreciate y'all coming in here tonight for the Dear Past Nation podcast. And never forget, you're all legit, kid. <laughs> <laughs>